This is Armand Asante. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This <laughs> is the Cigar Authority. <laughs> the authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. <laughs> in. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. She does, you're, you're funny. <laughs> David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? What the f***? so funny about me. Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Barry Stump. Sportos, motorheads, geeks, bloods, wasteoids. They all adore it. They think he's a righteous dude. And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light him up. <laughs> it's time <laughs> for the Cigar Authority. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. May 23rd, 2015, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. And today, want to go to Cuba? I was there, and it was with Colin Ganley from Cigar Tours, and they took me there in style. Colin knows Cuba, and Cuba knows Colin. He'll join us and tell us how you can take his next voyage with him, and he'll let you know if I'm welcome back. Also, Cigar Journal wants your opinion of the best cigars of nine countries, including Cuba, in the best value, the best accessory, and the best cigar lounge. We'll look at the contenders and a lot more. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on YouTube or iTunes where you can set it and forget it on both. Ready? Happy birthday to you. No need of this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear David. Happy birthday to you. No need of that. Fifty-five years old. It just seems like you. It was just yesterday you were in high school. Oh no! Yesterday you were telling me the story about when you were in high school. That was, that was it. That was it. Hey, I get to go to the over 55 communities now. I can live down there in Florida. You're $2 off the Grand Slam. $2 off the Grand Slam <laughs> breakfast at Denny's. Are you officially a senior citizen? Is that what 55 is? I don't know. My father retired at 55, but I didn't make it. I don't know We're if it's retirement age person. I think nowadays retirement age is in the 60s, but is that senior citizen age? Does that's Rudy know that? Wrong guy. That's a Rudy question. No, I think that's a Rudy I think you're question. You're 65 for yeah. senior citizen, right? Really? At least. So you just get you just, two dollars off the Grand Slam. Yes. That's for everybody else. I think actually over T Bones across the street, they got the 55 and over uh, golden lunch. And You've stuff been scouting. Like so I'm all geared up. Well, he's ready to order double on that. I'll <laughs> take one of these and I'll take one of that. Because the older people tend to eat less. Right. So not they make you. it small. So I'm not interested in it at all. <laughs> what it is is Memorial Day weekend. That's what's going on here. Monday is the holiday. Uh, one of the few days is that we at Two Guys Smoke Shop actually close. Yes. So we're off on Monday. Uh, we do that because some of the staff are vets. Yep. And uh, we take the day off in honor of them and to make sure they have the day off. Memorial Day is a federal holiday in the United States for remembering the people who died while serving the country's armed forces. The holiday is observed every year on the last Monday of May. So here we are on May 23rd. 
and it marks the beginning for me of the summer, although really the summer begins June 21st officially, but it's between Memorial Day and Labor Day, right? That is our, yeah, yeah. our, 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 uh, our summer. You wouldn't know that last night, or Barry wouldn't know that, uh, spending the night up in Maine in the 30s. 39 yeah. degrees when I stepped out of the uh, RV this morning. Freeze my cojones the, off. The RV went in style, huh? Went in style. Get the double wide. Living large. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely need the double wide. I hear you. Where does she sleep? That's my <laughs> question. <laughs> so uh, interesting show today. Uh, Colin Ganley will come on, and uh, we're going to talk about Cuban cigars. So we thought uh, it's not illegal anymore. So uh, we're going to smoke a Cuban cigar. This is the Romeo and Juliet Panatella. What do you got on this, Barry? Well, what I have on this is that the cigar was released sometime pre-1960, and it was discontinued in 2002. It has a 34 ring gauge, and it is 4.6 inches long. Uh, it utilizes Vieta Vieto, which is grown in Pinar del Rio. And you were telling me something interesting about the bottom of the box, yeah. where I believe it says Cuba tobacco? or Yes. Cuba tobacco. Cuba tobacco. So I tried to figure out what it was. What what uh, somebody gave me this box many many years ago, uh, being met very old to begin with anyway. Um, but always we could go to the bottom of the box and get some indications of what what is going on with there. Cuba tobacco, which now it says Habanos on boxes that you would get, would indicate that we know or I know that Cuba tobacco was formed in 1962 and Habanos was formed in 1994. So this box has to be between 1962 and 1994. I've had it for a long time. I believe this cigar is from the 70s, wow. sometime in the 70s. It's a little cigar, so you may want to smoke two uh, during the course of this hour. But uh, what would what, what the ring gauge you say of this? The ring gauge of this is 34. 34. I mean, it's small. I would have guessed 36 if I was just feeling it. And it's 110 it's millimeters, which translates to 4.6 inches. Okay, so four, a little more than four and a half inches by 34. Uh, so a small cigar, almost box pressed. Uh, yeah, box yeah, pressed from being stuff. within the box itself. Yeah, for about 40 years or so. It's more like a soft press. Yes, yes. So uh, let's give it a cut and light and see what we think of this. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And um, this has some years on it, although it has been kept in absolutely pristine conditions all these years. So uh, we will see how uh, well it takes up for us. A little pre-light taste. Aged hay. Aged hay. It's definitely earthy. Yeah, the hay that ends up not getting swept out in the corner of the stall. It's off to the side. Yeah. Hasn't been urinated on yet. Well, it's maybe had a little spray to it, but the rest of the hay just keeps getting taken out, and it just stays in the back. It's clean. Okay. All right. The lighter that we're using today is the Vertigo Twister. It features not only a big-ass tank, not only a flip-out bullet punch, which if you used a bullet punch on our little Panatella, that would open it right up because it's such enough. a thin... Yeah. It's such a thin ring gauge, but it also features not one, not two, and not three, but four 
Jets, Barry Stein. Paul, want to try? Quad flame. It is a quad flame lighter. $27.99. How do you beat that? $27.99. It's kind of classy looking. Yeah. It's got this uh, little window in the front of it. You never see that. It's, kind of, it's part of the design. It's kind of like a wedge. Yep. Like a wedge salad? Nope. Not like a wedge that you would I don't put know under the door. Thinner yep. on one side, thicker on the other. Like your head. I wouldn't know what a wedge salad is. Yes. Okay. So here it is. Um, yeah, this is all the old stamping, all the old stuff from way back. So I saved this for a special day, which special day is Memorial Day weekend. Special day is your birthday. No. Don't, you can't hide from your birthday. I hide from it. You can't hide from it. I'm getting Jonathan's favorite note. Hints of leather. Hints of leather. Doesn't exist. I'm surprised how much flavor it has. That you would yep. think it would be so weak and there'd be nothing yep. to it. There's a lot of flavor. A little leather, a little wood, some nuts. A couple yeah. of nuts over here. Hazelnut shells. That's what I'm picking up. Hazelnut shells. It's a lot stronger than you would. Totally. In, yep. This old. My God. Uh, well, what do you keep your humidor at? If you keep it in the lower 60 yeah, range. I do. The cigars are not really going to age all that much. They're going to kind of freeze at that spot. Not that kind of. I years. just heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were on a delay of the downstairs store. and a little delay. We <laughs> yeah. just heard the, the, the Barry Stein <laughs> chant. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Stein chant. Uh, so the monks uh, are downstairs. Yeah. You can see the, the fine line that this has. I mean, mm -hmm. there, there is no between the line between the ash and the tobacco itself, that carbon line that's there. Um, that the combustion line. The terminator. Somebody had wrote to us before that. This is, should be called the Terminator. So that it, we're not calling it a mascara line? Right. Terminator oh, yeah. sounds a little more manly. On the website, I've begun referring to it as the combustion line. Okay. I figure that's a little bit better than the carbon line. Yeah, we've got to come up with something good. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm, I'm surprised how much flavor it ends up having. So uh, I had a little brush with greatness this week. Brush with greatness. Did I tell you already? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't say anything in advance because of who it was, but I was invited to a brunch on Sunday. Yeah. So Saturday we did the show, and then Sunday I got this brunch, and I was thinking about it the whole time uh, doing the show Saturday, what I'm going to be doing on Sunday. To me, this was big. And uh, I had brunch with Robert O'Neill. Robert O'Neill is a former U.S. Uh, Navy SEAL on SEAL Team 6. He is the man. He is the man. He completed over 400 combat missions, including the rescue of Captain Phillips, uh, who had the ship pirated by the Somalis in the Indian oh, Ocean. Yeah, yeah. So he was, remember, that they, if you saw the movie, they there's four people in the, little, in the little submarine thing, and three snipers have to kill the three bad guys and not hurt him. Well, here's the thing. They, they are on a boat going up and down. And the other boat is going up and down. Three of them have to pinpoint, kill all three of them at the same second wow. without hurting the captain at the same time. He was one of them. And he said, that was tough. 
And he said, I can tell you about that. And he told some stories of that. And I can tell you uh, the other thing that he's known for, what he's best known for, having fired three headshots that killed Osama bin Laden during the raid on his compound May of 2011. He is the, the, the uh, lone gunman, the lone shooter um, that walked into that room, two to the head, drops down, one more to the head when he was down. The, the wife goes for the gun. And he gives her, pops her one in the head, and then she goes down and one more in the body, and then uh, carries the body out of Osama bin Laden. He's the guy. The guy. So uh, yeah. they, uh, they awarded him four bronze stars, two silver stars, three presidential citations, and the Medal of Valor uh, from the Marines and the Navy. I mean, this is the guy. And um, in 2012, after 16 years of service, four shy of retirement, he had to leave because somebody released the information that he was the guy. So he actually left. He gets no retirement. He didn't get the retirement age or what anything like that. Oh. So on Sunday, I had the honor to meet him in length. I mean, we were there for a few hours. Uh, he loves tobacco. Go figure. All kinds of tobacco. Not just cigars. No. Chewing tobacco, cigarettes, cigars. He says, I love tobacco. Um, a lot of people, um, he says, as you're getting ready to do a combat mission, and in his eight years, he did 400 missions. Mm. He said, there's two of the ones I did. He said, so 398 other ones, classified, can't talk about them. He said, they made movies of those, so Jeez. we can say it as it is. He says, but as things come out, he said, well, you know, that's basically one a week, you know, dramatic stuff like that, um, that um, he would make sure that he had what he needed before he went on his mission, which is a sleeve of Copenhagen, a couple packs of cigarettes, and a bag of cigars. Everybody else is making sure they have their rations of food and stuff. He needed to make sure he had his tobacco products, and then he would go out. So um, I made sure I brought a box of cigars, of course, and got some pictures with them. Um, and because I was the guy that brought him the cigars, there's other people there. They actually sought me out afterwards and said, the other guy that gave him the cigars, I said, yeah, he says, come with us. And then we went somewhere else and sat down for a little while. And uh, I was with a gun dealer, you know, showing him some different guns. And yeah, it was, it was so wow. freaking cool because this is not only the most wanted man by the bad guys, a fearless man and the American hero, the American hero. It doesn't get any more American hero than, the, than, than uh, Rob O'Neill. This is it. I mean, this guy put his life out each time. Every single time. Every time calling his, um, yeah. his, his wife and his daughter up on the phone before he go on the next mission and say, I love you. I'm heading out to the next thing. Not knowing if they come back because six of them go out and three or four of them come back. And the next time, and how many times are you going to roll those dice? And he did it for eight years. Rolled the dice for eight years. So he is the greatest American hero in my lifetime. I can't think of anybody, you know, bigger than this. And uh, it was it was an honor to meet with him. Uh, and uh, we will meet again. We will meet again. At I, an undisclosed location. I, you know, for supposedly our protection. It's undisclosed because... Well, he's such a badass. He would kill anybody that came in and tried to mess with him. So that's a given. But there may be some bullets that go flying from the other guy that right. make it into other people. Real deal, man. I've, I've met a lot of uh, 
movie stars. I've met, um, you know, baseball players, football players, you know, hit the most home runs and all kinds of crap like that. That's not a hero. This, not a hero. this, this is a hero. Yeah. This is a hero. Puts his life on the line for us, for all of us Americans. That is the man. wonder how he would feel if he walked by someone dancing on the flag. I yeah. wonder if that person would make it. Yeah. He wouldn't like it. Can he go out in public? I mean, like. He did, and he didn't care, and he had a girl with him. It wasn't even like. I was looking around. Is there, yeah, and, is there and, secret service? Yeah, service and and stuff. He's the guy that protects the other guy. <laughs> right. He doesn't. Nobody protects him. <laughs> and uh, he, he was focused. You know, um, I. I, I Spent a little time with him, and then I backed off so other people would. And when I did back off, I went into a corner, and I was watching. And I was watching when somebody came in the room, how his eyes shifted, and just to see what a, a type of person that this is. He's so trained yeah. that, you know, somebody brings the drink over to him. And he, when they walk away, I could probably say, okay, what was her color eyes? What was her shoes? Yeah. Well, you know, he's paying attention to stuff. He's trained wow. a different way than – Anybody else is. I mean, this is the as hardcore as you get. And a nice, nice guy. And uh, I said, any problem uh, with tobacco? Speaking on behalf of um, if, if I had you with us at a cigar thing or anything like that, none at all. He says, <laughs> we, have, we have the right, uh, and I fought for your right to uh, absolutely have what you want, and that's it. And beautiful. Amen. I love the guy. Love the guy. So uh, that's so cool. That's it. That's my brush with greatness this week, and it was great. Does he go by a nickname? Rob, Rob. Bobby, Rob, just Rob. Yeah, I am Rob. <laughs> the possibly the most biggest badass that there has ever lived. Not that big. I expected him to be bigger, and right. I didn't, of course, say that. It still <laughs> killed me. <laughs> but uh, he, he looked like uh, not—I want to say Opie, but the same person. Happy days. Uh, oh, Ron yeah. Howard. Ron, Ron Howard. Howard during the happy days time. I mean, he looks young wow. and, you know, what a nice guy. And, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, wow. still team six, man. This is it. This is, it doesn't get any bigger and badder than that. So, uh, what do you got? You got some things in the news? Uh, mailbags are still continuing to pour in. So, we're going to take care of some of them as we go along. Really? That has to be <clears throat> number one. It's number one, Barons. <laughs> it's number one. The following was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. First off, let me tell you how much I enjoy and am even entertained by The Cigar Authority. I've been listening for years and have even gone back to listen from the beginning again while I wait every week for a new one. I learn right. something every time, and my passion for cigars can be attributed to, or blamed on if you talk to my wife, David Garofalo, no. Mr. Jonathan the gentleman, Chuck Morrison, and Barry Stein. And speaking of Barry, here is a limerick for him to read out loud, standing up. <clears throat> uh, Barons. You really want me to do this? You got to do it, man. All right. The mailbag. I'm going to apologize. Uh, on <laughs> yeah. This the is real, folks. Destroying the show. A synonym colored anemone was trying to hide from an enemy. While lost in a crowd, he yelled, eat me, too loud, and now he's missing a piece of anatomy. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Synonym seems to be the <laughs> toughest one. Cinnamon. 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 So that, that was fun. That was, uh, that was uh, Jacob. 
Jacob from where? Jacob Quarterman. He does not say from State Farm. Yeah, it's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? <laughs> well played. Khakis. Khakis. He sounds. He sounds despicable. What? He sounds <laughs> horrific or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Why do we know this anyway? Okay, it's time for this classic day in classic history brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. <laughs> but now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Don't tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. Is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Today is May 23rd. You know the people that were born on your birthday, right? Everybody knows what they are. I knew I knew what most of these were uh, myself anyway, but um, who won last week? Chuck. Won. Chuck, Chuck. Okay, we're going to have you go first, Chuck. Okay, buddy. Today is the birth date of Drew Carey. First sure. thing I want to ask is uh, older or younger than me. Drew Carey, comedian who starred in Whose Line Is It Anyway, the Drew Carey Show. He replaced Bob Barker as the host of The Price is Right, and he was expelled at Kent State University twice for poor academics. Uh, born today, what year? And is he older or younger than me? I'm going to say he's younger than you, and I have met 1964. 1964. I have him as younger than you, and it's 1963. 1963. And I have 65, younger than you. Uh, you're all over, and he's older than me. Whoa! <laughs> you're all older. What's his uh, 19, year? 1958. I was born 1960. He's older than me, and he looks it, by the way. Does he? <laughs> yes. Okay. Don't take your word for it. Uh, you new context? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm tough time reading. <laughs> um, Mr. Jonathan, today is Jewel Kitch's birthday. Jewel Kilcher, K-I-L-C-H-E-R, Jewel, pop singer. Ah, Jewel. From Vancouver, Jewel. I think, originally. Singer, songwriter, guitarist, producer, actress, and author and poet. Best nominated, uh, been nominated for the seven Grammy Awards, which she first celebrated her first single, Who Will Save Your Soul? She lived in her car while traveling and performing, being initially recognized at the Inner Change Coffee House at in Java Joe's. She was actually found in a coffee shop, and that's how she got it. Doesn't say where she was born. She's a talented yodeler. Yodeler? Yodeler. Yodeler? Did you know that about her? Yodeler? I did not know that. She was born today. Is she older than younger than me? She is younger than you. She was born in 1972. 1972, younger than me. Y younger, 1973. 1973. 71? 71. 73, we'll take it. Barry Stein at 74. So Barry gets one point. Everybody else is at zero. We have two more. Dame Collins, D-A-M-E, Dame Collins, 
also known as Joan Collins, yeah. TV actress, English actress who played Alexis Carrington on TV's Dynasty, which was the most popular TV series in the United States in 1985. Born today, Joan Collins, what year was she born, and is she older or younger than me? Barry Stein. She's older than you, 1939. Older than me, 1939. Definitely older than you, 38. 38. She is the same age as you. She was born in 1960. You are all over. Born 1933. Mm. Son of a... So she's all over, and she is not the same age as me, Mr. On Jonathan. Dynasty, you were willing she to, looked older than He you. was willing to lose a point just <laughs> to make fun of me. You would have done the same. And the last one, Barry's got one point. Everybody else is at zero. Marvelous Marvin Hagler, boxer, American boxer, who... Uh, reigned as the undisputed middleweight championship from 1980 to 1987. He compiled a remarkable 62-3-2 record across his historic boxing uh, um, lifespan. Uh, boxing Illustrated named him as the fighter of the decade of the 80s. He legally changed his name to Marvelous. You can do it, Mr. John. Yes, I can. He legally changed it after becoming upset with an announcer who referred to who wouldn't referred to him as Marvelous, like he had asked. Sugar Ray Robinson versus um, Marvelous Marvin Hagler became some of the biggest boxing matches ever. Marvelous, really Nate, that's his first name, Marvelous. Marvelous. From Mass, Ma where is he from? Massachusetts. Brockton? I believe so, I believe so. Born today. You Googling this over there? I'm not Googling What year, right. and it goes to you, Chuck. I have 1962. 1962, he's older or younger than me. Same age. Same age. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> I'm going to say that it, you were bound to pick someone the same age as you. So this is same age, 1960. Same I say he's before. older than you, 1945. Barry will get it. Oh, yeah, he's older than me, 1954. He was boxing in the 80s. He could have been 20. He's older than That's me. That's about. Yeah. They're all older than me. They're all older than me. This Classic Day and Classic History is brought to you by Classic Cigars. Whatever classic cigar you choose, it is available at twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today. Be older than me with a classic cigar. And a reminder, if it's your birthday, come into any Two Guys Smoke Shop location, Salem, Seabrook, or Nashua, New Hampshire, like I'm going to do today. I think I'm going to go to all three of them on my birthday, and they will cut and light a free happy birthday cigar. Now, I can't take them with me. They actually cut and light it for you. Yeah. So I'll actually have to stay at each store, which is okay when I go there. Yeah. But it's okay for you, too. If it's your birthday today, come on down. Get a free cigar. That's what I'm going to do. I know what you're thinking. You can get all the free cigars you want. I get no free cigars. I have to pay for these things. You do buy them. You I buy the them one, in the first You place. are the one employee who buys every single cigar. I buy every single one. So uh, next week, Jack Tarano from Roberto P. Duran Cigars will join us with Azan and Roberto P. Duran Cigars, along with Miguel Sodell, the author of the Ten Commandments of the Cigar Smoker. We do it every single year, and everybody talks about this episode when we bring this up. It gets very controversial. It does. And we're going to bring him on next week. Right now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Colin Ganley from Cigar Tourism knows his way around Cuba and wants to take you with him. 
Find out how when we return. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. She's a brick. <laughs> what about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? <laughs> Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand pick, hand roll, and then carefully hand check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Mr. Punch is back with a new cigar that keeps it true to his name. Introducing Punch Signature, a flavorful, fuller-bodied cigar from Punch featuring a specially cultivated Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper and rich Nicaraguan fillers. The wrapper brings the deep history of Ecuadorian tobacco and Punch into the present with this new exciting leaf. You're not going to see that wrapper anywhere else in the market, so you owe it to yourself to grab one today. The new Punch Signature, true to its name. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh, yeah. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? So. I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are. Oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. Walking in, you're greeted with the aroma of friendship. You move to the humidor and reach into the hallmark molded steel box, retrieving the only cigar worthy of such elegant protection. Your cut is meticulous. The light, easy and full. 
your taste buds are immediately inundated with a barrage of wood and rare spice flavors, all finished with a trademark plume of smoke. Moscow City Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose Hey, this is Cigar Smoking Citizen Steve Saka, and you're listening to Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, a weekly broadcast now over five years running about cigars and the nonsense surrounding it. Probably the most talked about show on the Cigar Authority, maybe not the most popular, but the most talked about was my trip to Cuba. And with us is the guy to blame. He's the guy that took me there. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority, Colin. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Thanks, Dave. That's quite the introduction. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I still talk about it. Everybody asks me questions all the time about it. It was a trip of my lifetime. Uh, what a trip. Uh, and it was cigar tourism uh, and you that took us there. Um, the first question uh, that, that's on my mind and, and probably the mind of a lot of people, am I welcome back to Cuba? <laughs> Well, I, th I think you probably know better than I do, but from from uh, from my sources in Cuba, uh, you know, some people read your blog. Uh, you know, you got a little bit of attention, not not only uh, up in the U.S. but in Cuba. Some people noticed what you what you had written, and uh, and they want to talk to you. So yeah, I think you're invited back, but they're probably going to want to talk to you and and hear you know about your different perceptions. Yeah, can I come home if I go there? Though <laughs> <laughs> we don't pay we don't pay ransom, Colin. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. listen, I, I was just uh, one guy's observation as I went through and saw what I saw. Um, it, it, was, it was fabulous, though. Um, our, our listeners heard about my trip last time. You guys just went, you, you ended up taking the last trip just recently. How did that trip go? It went really well. It was actually a, a really big trip. We had about uh, 18 people at, at the peak of it uh, in the group, and it went really well. You know, Dave, we did a really similar trip to the trip that you and I took yeah uh, so you know we went we went to uh, Havana Club and met with the people who make rum and then learned about what what they do professionally and in their personal lives um, we did we went out to see uh, the Robina farm out in Pinar del Rio uh, we spent some time in Havana seeing some different people there so it was it was a really similar itinerary 
um, to what we had done with, with our smaller group. And it went really well. Everybody, uh, I, I had no complaints, actually. The, the, uh, the person who helped me organize it said, wow, I can't believe it. There were no complaints. Um, so, so it went really well. I have to ask the question because we're hearing all these birds in the background. You are in Honduras, uh, Nicaragua right now, right? I'm in Nicaragua, yeah. It's, uh, we, we've been watering the grass really heavily lately, and so the birds are going crazy. So those are just wild birds that are out there on their own, not caged yeah. birds. Yeah, no, the, the bird cage that you may be able to see behind me is empty. That just came with the rental house. There we go. So, yeah, they just let them let them free and be what they where they are. So you guys uh, switched up the hotel a little. You went to uh, a very famous one over there? Yeah, that's right. Um, we're, we're staying, most, for most of the trips, we're staying at the Hotel Nacional, which is that iconic hotel that people always think of uh, Winston Churchill and uh, – you know, Meyer Lansky, the famous uh, New York uh, financier of the mafia, used to run the casino there. Um, no gambling anymore, but, uh, but the hotel's still great. So, yeah, we try to stay when we're in Havana in the Nacional, and then when we're in Pinar del Rio, we stay in the same hotel that we stayed in. It's the best hotel in town for what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's the best there is. <laughs> Colin, you go, you go to Cuba often. How many times have you been? Um... I've never actually gone back and counted, but I would guess it's probably 40, 30 to 40 times. Oh, wow. And with as often as you go, are there still things that you discover while you're there, or is everything pretty much the same? It's all old hat at this point. No, you, there, there's, always, there's always a lot of stuff to discover. You know what's happening right now, actually, is um, the, the, the private enterprise in certain really small areas is really exploding. And so right now what's really cool for, for visitors such as ourselves is the restaurants are really blowing up. So, um, I mean, Dave, what did you, what did you think of, of some of those restaurants, especially in Havana, that we ended up going to? Oh, listen, the, the, the one place that had the blood orange chicken, uh, pretty awesome. They just keep coming out with the food right to my heart or was it to my <laughs> belly. I mean, it was, it was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, everything was really unique. One of them, we were basically in a tree house, you know, all that way up into the, into the trees of what it is. That was somebody's little kitchen, uh, their own little place. Cool. So uh, very interesting. Yeah, so, so there are those places. I mean, that, the, the place that he's talking about with the chicken is called El El Hibe, and that's a real classic restaurant. Simple, very simple food. They just slowly cook the chicken. In a, in a real, uh, basically in liquid, with blood orange juice and garlic and a bunch of spices, and it's just fall off the bone delicious. But there are also some really, uh, some almost fine dining level, level places, but in a more casual sort of Cuban style. And whereas when I first started going to Cuba, there may have been 10 restaurants that you felt confident that you were going to eat well in. Today, and just in Havana, there might be 80, um, which just, which really makes it, you know, it just makes it a lot of fun because you have to eat three times a day. So if you can eat really well three times a day, you've got most of the day covered with uh, with good experiences. When you say private enterprise, Colin, uh, we're talking with Colin Ganley here. Um, do you mean that the restaurant owner actually owns that restaurant, or are they also workers uh, that work for the government for their thirty dollars a month? No, these are these are fully privately owned enterprises. So it's. Um, there are a lot of state-owned restaurants, but on, on my trips, I don't take people to those. The quality isn't as good, and I like to support the small entrepreneurs. There are a few different categories uh, of types of business that are allowed to be privately owned. And uh, 
certain restaurants can apply to have that license to basically operate uh, as they please. Is there some sort of fee that they have to pay to be able to get to that level, or do you have to know somebody? I think there's a licensing fee, um, but I wouldn't imagine that that's too much. It really just depends on your location. Um, if you have to rent your property from the state, it's going to be expensive, but uh, not a lot of these places do. A lot of them are operating out of what used to be homes or different things like that so that they can uh, get around that and, and basically just pay what you would pay for to have a home. One of the most unique one was the last night that we went to a place that apparently had a, a movie uh, done in there, and we went on the top of the roof where there was all these picture frames uh, lit up and um, seating, and then we went downstairs into a elegant type restaurant. You never know it looking on the outside or going up the stairway into it, but all of a sudden you go into this mecca of uh, beauty of what was going on. What was, what was that restaurant called? That one was called La Guarida. Yes, yes. So they, yeah, had, and the, they made a movie of that, of that right? Yeah, there was a movie that was shot in there that was called uh, Strawberries and Chocolate. Um, is it Strawberries and Chocolate or Strawberries and Cream? I forget. But I anyway, yeah, there, there was a movie that was shot in there. And that's one of those iconic uh, – it's a restaurant called a Paladar. And there was a time during the special period in Cuba where they – where money was really short. People were starting to kind of go without food and things. And, and the, the government was desperate to get people doing stuff. And so they allowed people to open up a 15 seat restaurant in their homes. They were called Paladars. And La Guarita was, was I believe one of those that started up way back in the day. And they've persevered. Even after the special period, they were able to continue operating. And uh, it's a phenomenal restaurant. I mean, I, I've never been disappointed by the food there. They let us, you know, smoke in the dining room. And like you said, Dave, that bar on the rooftop, that's a brand new thing. Oh, that's uh, really impressive. Colin, Dave reported from his trip that every family gets their home and then you end up with a couple of generations that live in the home. And one thing that I was curious about that he wasn't able to answer, maybe you can, is at what point does your family qualify for a government-sponsored home where they give you that home do you have to have three families living in there? Do you get married? How does that work? No, it, basically, if you get married and, and, and it's time to move out of the home, so if you're, let's say, 25 years old and, and you've married, then you can apply to get a home. Uh, you're typically not going to have uh, more than one family sharing a home in Cuba. There, there's, a, there's a lot of capacity there um, with all the Cubans who have left, and generally the population hasn't grown that much. They've been able to keep it basically one family to a home. Um, there are some places, some parts of the cities where uh, where people get doubled up a little bit, but the government has built a lot of new apartments and new buildings and things like that to to try to uh, deal with that that over uh, that undersupply. Yeah, you kind of answered my next question, which was um, not population control, but as far as you know, you, you're on a small island and you're going to keep breeding people, and only a certain number of people die. So you know how do they how do they answer that? Are they constantly building? Yeah, yeah. You see construction happening all over the island. I mean, Cuba kind of has a release valve because they lose about I don't know fifty to a hundred thousand people a year um, due to people moving out of the country. And so, even though yeah, people are procreating and, and uh, families are are growing and extending, you know, you do have a little bit of ease of pressure because people are leaving. You think um, population is going up or down? 
I think it's going up, but very slowly. Yeah, and there's plenty of room. I mean, we drove from one one side to the other side, and there was a lot of nothing in between. So they have, you know, room yeah, to. I mean, Space is definitely not a problem. I mean, just construction and building materials and the cost of them would be the only issue uh, in that case. Because there's tons of space in in Cuba. I mean, that uh, that is that is one island that just has a. Uh, you know, you you look at some of these islands in the Caribbean and how overdeveloped they've been. Cuba is nothing like that. There are vast open spaces. Well, while I was there and, and not knowing before I went, you know, will I feel safe and, um, you know, what's the whole feeling of it? Uh, I felt very safe when I went there, uh, much more than I thought I would. And uh, the people were so nice. Everything was great. Um, and I come back and everybody said, now, based on how, how it looked to you, when, you know, this is the question daily. Everybody when said. Yeah. When will the embargo end? When do you think it's going to end, end? And none of us know the answer to it. But seeing what I saw, I thought more sooner than later because they have taken to the Americans very well is how I thought. What is your th thought of that? When is the time going to happen? You know, I think that there are three, uh, there are three things to, to think about. One is the U.S. government, one is the Cuban government, and one is what you were just talking about, the Cuban people. Uh, the Cuban people and the companies that operate there are preparing for a change in case it happens. So, you know, they're very excited about, about a change happening. The U.S. government, I don't really want to get into those waters. That, that's complicated. Um, but when the U.S. government decides uh, to open things up from the U.S. side, That'll be great, and there will be an opportunity, but things won't completely be open until the, both the U.S. government and the Cuban government decide to liberalize things from both sides. And so um, one, one thing to, that's important to keep in mind, like, I don't know how closely you guys were watching when the, the U.S. delegation went down to negotiate with the Cuban delegation about all these changes. I thought it was pretty funny when... Um, you know, people in the U.S. were very optimistic. They said, wow, we're going to send a delegation. They're going to open up the embassies in both countries. All this stuff is going to start to be negotiated. And what happened? They, the American delegation got down there. Uh, they sat across the table from the Cubans, and they said, great, you know, welcome. Great to have you here. Uh, now, before the Cubans said, now, before we start talking, we need you to give Guantanamo back to us. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's and the Americans... <laughs> And the American delegation said, what? That was not on the table. What are, what are you no, talking I about? Get that. Wait, I didn't get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> so from the very first moment of that conference, the whole thing was dead. And so uh, you have to remember that it's not just about the U.S. opening to Cuba. It's about the Cubans also. Now and the Cubans typically are all about negotiation. Is this possibly just a negotiation ploy where they're putting up a big front so that they don't feel like in the end that they lost on the agreement? I, I think you're hitting on an important point. Uh, the idea of not losing in this 50-year epic struggle is crucial to certain people's uh, way of approaching this negotiation. So what, it, what, what is it going to take for those people to either uh, go away or be assuaged? I don't know, but they're they're playing hardball. Yeah, egos and everything's in involved. the end. Yeah. In the end, as far as tobacco goes, the U.S. obviously with the FDA getting involved in cigars uh, does not put the same weight on tobacco and rum as perhaps Cuba does. Is Cuba 
planning on relying on the U.S. heavily as a new market if and when that embargo does lift? Or are they going to try to keep it status quo and maybe just send a little bit over at a time? Yeah, I think, I think the, the rum and the cigars are in totally different ballparks. Because the rum industry, I believe, can expand very rapidly, at least with their uh, younger age statement rums, especially the clear rums. Um, and so I think that they are, like Dave had, had said in, in his reports and discussions, the, the rum business is ready to, to jump into the U.S. market, make a lot of money, and, and bring half of it home to Cuba. Um, the cigar industry has, to, has a much more complicated job because it's just going to take a lot more development of everything from the farms. They're going to need more farms to produce tobacco. They're going to need to build up the infrastructure from that point through the pre-processing to the rolling and everything in order to supply the American market alongside the markets that they already supply. The question is always, who's going to get priority? Are they going to send the stuff to the U.S. instead of sending it to the old markets? I don't know. Um, I thought that, that Dave's idea was brilliant, actually. I've, I've uh, given you credit for it uh, when I've repeated it to other people, the idea that they would just take a one, uh, one or two real high margin sticks and send those to the U.S. to kind of get a little bit of a foothold in the U.S. You were talking about sending the Bahike to the U.S. Yeah. I think it I think it makes a lot of sense, actually. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took your idea um, because it would be a way for them to I increase profits. Remember, they're a public company uh, on, the, on, the, on a stock exchange in the UK. They're 50% they're owned by Imperial Tobacco. And so uh, maximization of profit for the shareholders is an important thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that because their capacity building is going to take a few years to develop. Now, you've got companies like Home Depot, Coca-Cola, that are going to want to get in if the embargo lifts and put facilities in there and be able to help expand that infrastructure. The only problem is real estate. So how much of a value is Cuba putting on real estate for uh, appropriations for sugarcane and for tobacco versus just selling it off to these big companies or charging them rent? Uh, any talk of that? The... I know about the real estate just from a couple perspectives, but, but the thing we were talking about before about how Cuba has tons of space, if you don't need to be in a central location, there's plenty of land in Cuba. So, I mean, if you need whatever, 200 acres, 500 acres, two acres, whatever it is that you need, it's available and it's not that far from Havana. So, and the, and the roads are good. So that's not really a, a big issue. The, the issue becomes, you know, for these foreign companies, do they really trust uh, the leases and, and the purchase agreements that they make for those for those pieces of land? Interesting point, yeah. So the big question everybody's asking me, and I've been forwarding them to you the best I can, but everybody wants to go, so tell us, how I'll, tell our listeners how they can go on your next trip. When is it? How do they, how do they go? What's it going to cost them? Whatever you can tell us. All right. So basically what's happened, you know, Dave, when, when we took that trip, um, the, I, I referred to it as kind of the guinea pig trip because I wanted to get that first trip out there and, and go just to kind of test and make sure that everything worked. And it worked well. So what's happened is since then, um, I've gotten a lot of inquiries from uh, different cigar store owners and, and different people who have groups of people who want to go. So I've got about a one week per month for the rest of the year booked up with these private groups. Nice. Um, and so because of that, I haven't been able to work on the website. So I apologize for the website, but 
cigartourism.com uh, is, is functioning, and you can get a little bit of information there. There will be more information soon. Uh, the next trip that people can publicly sign up for, um, grab the calendar here, is during the Partagas Festival. It'll be November 16th to the 21st. Uh, that'll happen during a festival called the Partagas Festival, which celebrates the brand, uh, the factory, and the La Casa del Habano of Partagas. Um, that trip is going to be open to the public. Individuals can sign up. The cost is $24.99 for the week. Uh, that includes everything once you get to Cuba, so you're still going to have to pay for your visa and your flight to get there. Um, but we'll be staying. Uh, I've reserved a block of rooms at the Hotel Nacional, so as long as you're in that first group of people who signs up for it, you'll be in the, staying in the Nacional. Um, and it's going to be a pretty spectacular week. It's going to be a, a combination of the schedule that we had, Dave, and yep. incorporating some of the events from the Partagas Festival, the ones that we can do that fit in with the Treasury Department license that we, that we travel under. Yeah, so, so that you, the people understand, um, you are going to fly yourself down to Miami, where you're going to fly yourself from Miami uh, direct to Cuba, and Colin will put that second trip together. You're going to pay for that flight, but he's going to uh, set you up and make all the legal things happen in an amazing short period of time. I tried to do this on my own years ago, and I'll tell you, I put a year into it, and I couldn't make it happen. But you know the right people to make it happen, and uh, it went seamless to me. I showed up to the airport. My visa was waiting for me. The flight was all set, and that was it. It was a uh, not a, a, a big expense uh, flight there. It's a short, short flight up and down, basically. It's 40 minutes or so uh, from leaving the Miami airport, less than an hour. Uh, you've landed, and at that point, they uh, whisk you through um, the security uh, with a special line that you're going through. They put you in a little uh, area to, uh, to have drinks and while they collect the bags for you. It was, uh, it was pretty first class, I guess, as first class can go in, uh, in Cuba, uh, that everything was really done for us. I, I got to imagine uh, being trying to, to pull this off on your own uh, as a first-time uh, person going down there, I don't recommend it. I, I really recommend you uh, deal with calling on this and go through the process um, to to, to uh, be able to get through this. How is it, Colin, that you're able to get that visa processed? What is it? What is the category that it's going under? Are you? Is it actually cigars? Re so you're viewed you're viewed differently by the two different governments. So from the Cuban perspective, you're a tourist, so you travel under a tourist visa. From the Cuban perspective. But from the U.S. government side, you're viewed as uh, under the Treasury Department license as someone going to Cuba for educational purposes. Gotcha. And there's plenty of it. Uh, you oh, deal certainly. with the people one-on-one. -on -one. It's a people-to-people -people trip. And let me tell you, you sit there and you talk with people from anyone from uh, the people uh, in the in the cabs, in the factories, um, everywhere, mm -hmm. in the hotels, um, and there's a lot of people speak English. It was it was really great. I mean, it's it's something to do. Uh, I'm so glad I did it. Uh, and if, if if you're into that, if you always thought about doing it, I highly recommend you do it sooner than later. Things are changing uh, fast down there, and you want to see it as it is right now. You you want to get through the the process of it. Um, it just. Everything. I mean, everything about it. Go ahead, Barry. I just got one quick question. Based upon um, the blog that David put out, was there anything on this most recent trip that was off limits that happened on the first trip? Like, did they uh, remove something from the itinerary? 
Did I screw it up for you? Is what he's asking. <laughs> yeah. And how much? <laughs> no, no, it was fine. It was. Uh, I changed things up on each trip, trying to make improvements at, at every point. Um, I wanted to. I, I want to kind of switch factories that we go to every once in a while. The I didn't want all the heat to be on one factory, uh, yeah. so we went to a different factory this time. Um, but no, it, everything was fine. You know, it, it, it's one of those things. It, it, um, the, as as these two uh, countries and, and cultures interact more, we have to we have to learn about the other ones. You know, the, in Cuba, you're not free, and uh, we're we're their guests there, and they uh, are accustomed to having control over people. Whereas, you know, in the U.S., it's quite different. You know, we, we expect to be free until we cross a line. And, you know, these, these two cultures, this is, this is why we do the whole people-to-people -people thing, is to interact uh, so they can learn from us and we can learn from them. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a process, and it's, it's fun. I mean, that's, but that's the whole point of the thing. Yeah. Colin, we're coming up against a heartbreak. Can you tell us about, a bit about your coffee? I know we've had you on specifically for the coffee. Uh, but I don't want to miss an opportunity here. Yeah, it's uh, Twin Engine Coffee, TwinEngineCoffee.com. Uh, we're going to be exhibiting this year at the IPCPR trade show, especially with uh, with the lines that we have that are exclusive for cigar retail stores. Uh, so cigar retailers can come and check those out, have a taste, uh, see what we're all about. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. One of our blends, uh, or one of our uh, one of the beans that we use is the Margohipe, this large elephant bean, and this thing has exploded on the market. I don't know if I talked about it the last time I was on the show, but uh, it's, it's, it's delicious. Yeah, it was, yeah. You didn't talk about it, so please do. Well, it's, it's gone crazy. So this bean is about three times, two, two to four times the size of a normal coffee bean, and when you make it in a, in a filter like the typical American-style coffee, it produces the creamiest most you know, sort of creamy, delicious coffee that you, that you can imagine. It's really unique. So we did a reserve of that a couple of years ago, and then uh, Nestle copied us and did the same thing and called it creatively the reserve. Uh, and then um, what's happened is basically everybody's trying to buy this bean now, so the price has tripled this uh -huh. year on this, on this particular bean. Um, so it's the most expensive bean available in Nicaragua. Nicaragua was already kind of an expensive place. But we have to keep this line going, the Elefante. So we locked down a farm, uh, and we're buying their entire supply in order to make sure that we can have that uh, that that line of coffee. We call it Elefante for the, at least for most of this year, uh, and then we'll have it again next year. But you know, it's it's hard to estimate exactly how much we're going to need for the year. But that's been pretty exciting. We we had a lot of emergency drives up into the mountains to try to source that coffee. Because, you know, we don't want just that bean. We want that bean from high altitude with good taste characteristics. The higher you know? the altitude, the, the less acidity you end up with, right? Well, sometimes it, it really depends on the growing region. Uh, in the north of the country, near DePilto, you get a lot of acidity. In Hinotega, you get a lot more chocolatiness. And that's what we're really trying to achieve with a lot of our blends. It's like with a cigar blend, we don't want a, uh, a coffee that has a lot of acidity. We, we want a coffee that really goes well with a cigar. So the whole, the whole point is to, to strike that balance and that the coffee can stand up to the cigar, but it doesn't cover the cigar, just like you expect the cigar to do the same. So, you know, it, it's an adventure. It's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I, three, four years ago, I never would have imagined I would be in the, the coffee business. 
But yeah. wow, what a what a pleasure it is! What an adventure. Last quick question: How is our friend Skip Martin at Romacraft doing? He's doing much better. Um, he he was in the hospital. Uh, there, I don't know how much you guys talked about it on the show. He had some very serious uh, internal organ issues. He's out now. Uh, he's still doing dialysis, but his organs are uh, on track to make a complete recovery in the next about three, four weeks. Thank God. Thank God. I heard he lost a lot of weight, and uh, our prayers and thoughts are with him all the time. Colin Ganley, thank you so much for joining us once again. Cigartourism.com and Twin Engines Coffee. Find them both. Uh, if you ever wanted to go to Cuba, now's the time. Give Colin a try. His next trip is coming up. Uh, when do we say the date was? I didn't even write that. That is November 16th through the 21st for the Partagas Festival. Partagas Festival, which is not to be confused with the Habanos Festival. Different festival, but November 16th to 21st. Colin, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. Have a good show. Thank you. Thank when we you. come back, Cigar Journal has their awards for 2015 coming out at the IPCPR trade show. Uh, they do it each year, and uh, this year, the first time, they want your opinion. We're going to give you your opinion and our opinion when we come back. Uh, we'll give uh, a final thought to the first cigar we smoked, the uh, Cuban Romeo and Juliet Panatella. We're going to light up a new one, Cigar News and Views, Good and Bad, Crazy Stories from the Asylum, more letters in the mailbag, and lots more. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And when you're smoking your, what do we say, 1970s? 1970. Romeo y Julieta Cuban cigar, second time on the show for us. Uh, always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth. We'll be back with our number two right here on The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Truly bold cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout, and you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar & Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Tatin Garcia, 
The collection is available in three distinct wrappers, aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? What if La Gloria Cubana stopped at the legendary Siri R? One thing's for sure, they wouldn't have created Siri R Esteli. Discovered on a Nicaraguan mountainside high above the Jalapa Valley floor, this extremely flavorful Nicaraguan puro combines a Jalapa Soul wrapper with a bold combination of Visos and Lajeros. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar that's worthy of your discovery. Learn more at lagloriacubana.com slash what if and find yours now at fine tobacconists everywhere. This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Vancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. Man, face. The authority on everything cigar. Shake and face. In. Get used to hearing. And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. <laughs> well, then. Good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! we get some meatloaf? It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake it back, Cal. Woo! Shake it back. Do it. And we're back with our number two broadcasting live from the La Florida Dominicana Cigar Studios. And in this hour, Cigar Journal's 2015 Trophy Awards. That's what they call them. You can make a difference of who wins those awards. We'll explain. And new cigars, the best tweets of the week by Recluse Cigars, more in the mailbag, and lots more. Welcome back, everybody, to our number two of the Cigar Authority. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube, where you can set it and forget it on both. There we go. So uh, our thoughts on the first cigar. The first cigar, Romeo and Juliet Panatella from 1970s-ish. We're guessing on the year, but we know uh, it, it's around then. What do we think? Well, I reviewed a, a Cuban cigar earlier this week on the Cigar Authority that I thought was very bland and very flat. That cigar was the total opposite. There was a nice amount of flavor to it, a nice amount of strength, showing to me that the days of yesteryear for Cuba don't exist today. Yeah, they got to step it up, man. Uh, and and I don't think they can right now. It's going to take a while. They got to. Uh, they need fertilizer. They need um, some changes to go over there to keep up with what's happening in Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Honduras, Mexico. I mean, say Honduras one more time. Honduras, one more yeah. time. Don't say Dominican. Okay, and number Dominican. one. Okay. I so, found uh, I found it. You guys have had cinnamon graham crackers before, right? So you take the cinnamon graham crackers, and the best part about that is the cinnamon and sugar on the top. So you break off the little square, and you take the cinnamon and the sugar. Of course, you put it right on the tongue. Oh yeah. And it's a little rough. It's a little gritty. 
And that's what I experienced with that cigar. The smoke was sweet and cinnamony, but there was a there was a roughness to it. So you had the balance mm. of the sweet and the soft and the rough and the hard. You're not far off nailed on that it. one. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. This is fantastic. But Barry Stein doesn't want me to review his kilo because I don't have it going on, even though I have it going on. Oh. All right. Uh, here's somebody that had it going on for me. The next cigar we're going to be smoking is the Garofalo Torpedo. Um, I'm going to tell you a little front end of what it was. This was uh, more than four ye five years ago. Five years ago, uh, we released it. Um, and he released it. This is Nick Perdomo who made this for my 50th birthday. So he had to actually do it in advance so that we'd have it. It's probably like six years old, the brand. I want it to be seven for FDA, but I don't think I got the seven years on it. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But as a gift to me, Nick showed up. Uh, I was 49 years old. He showed up in my office. I think we were doing some events or something like that, and he had a, a box with him, and he said, I have a gift for you. And he presented three boxes of cigars. This was one of the three. There was a sun-grown version, and there was a Maduro version. And uh, he says, this is what I got you for your birthday. Wow. And I said, um, wow, you made a box of cigars for me. He says, oh, no, I made a cigar brand for you, and this is it. And... Um, I gave him the thumbs up on the Connecticut shade, which is this. Uh, comes in four sizes. This torpedo. You going to go anywhere with this, Barry? Well, I'm going to I'm going to share with everybody that uh, not since uh, Zeno Davidoff has somebody in the retail end had a cigar named after him uh, till you. So yeah. you're in, uh, the two of you are in great company with yes. each other. Uh, but the cigar features a uh, U.S. Connecticut seed grown in Ecuador. Um, and I believe it has uh, Nicaraguan fillers from Jalapa and some from Esteli for strength. Um, I'm not quite sure, though, on the binder of the cigar. So I believe it's Nicaraguan. Yeah. And, it's a, uh, it's a, besides the wrapper, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, yeah. And it's available in four sizes, the Churchill, Robusto, Toro, and today's cigar, the Torpedo. And it ranges from 649 up to uh, 729 I'll okay. tell you this, though. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. The Torpedo is the one in the line. Yeah. Number one, nobody does Torpedoes like Nick Perdomo. Amen to that. Nobody. Yeah. Look at that thing. You poke an eye out with that. Your <laughs> eye out with it's a dart. But <laughs> yeah. number two is this particular one is 54 ring gauge, and the regular line is 50. That little boost of ring gauge causes the cigar to burn just a touch cooler, bringing out more of the subtlety from that wrapper the smooth the creamy the white pepper and we jokingly refer to this as the white pepper milkshake i don't even have to smoke it i'm telling you that's the flavor of the week yeah one it, of my favorite things is though on the nose of the foot of the cigar it smells exactly like a fig dude yeah Ooh. and it's on every garofalo that i've taken out of the cello it has that nabisco fig newton aroma it does it does are you kidding me right now chuck first of all that was a very astute observation barry it is a fig newton but i hit mine first obviously i just want to hear the uh the reverb yeah the reverb from down there yeah it is uh he does make a beautiful torpedo all perdomo cigars perfect torpedoes i've watched them make them in the factory it's the only rollers that would <laughs> – it's the only – it's the delay, right? The seven-second delay. 
the um, they have scissors. You don't see that on rolling tables, the scissors for the people that make torpedoes yeah. because when they get down to there, they actually want it to be perfect like that, like a dart. I mean, oh, it's, so, it's so sharp. Nobody... You know, you could take the band off it and just show somebody that torpedo, and if they're in the know, they're yeah. gonna say, "Oh, that's Perdomo." There's no doubt about it, because nobody makes a Perdomo. It makes a torpedo like that. Right now, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo, Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo cigars—they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And if I was going to have anybody make the cigar for me, it is Perdomo who I would have chosen, but they chose me. Dave, I have a quick yeah. question for you on cutting a torpedo. Yeah. I've seen some people will cut it straight across, and some people, like I just did for sake of argument, yeah. do it at an angle. What is the I, professor's way of doing it? I have never cut it on an angle because I just never thought of doing that. I have no idea. I'll tell you this, cutting it at an angle is going to give you more surface area. It's going to open that cigar up a little bit more and still maintain the smaller ring gauge in your mouth. That's very interesting. That I like. You have a cut, mm. you're a vegetable eater anyway. You cut <laughs> you cut carrots and things on an angle yeah. it's just a or anything, even if you did it, whatever you do it to, you actually have more surface area and it brings on a different taste of whatever you Yeah, you're doing. carrots become yeah. more carroty. Yeah, yeah. This Garofalo torpedo, would, I would imagine, would be more torpedo-y. If you cut okay. it at an angle. I'm I buying. think I think this will be next week's question of the week. If you cut your torpedo straight or at an angle. Well, everyone's gonna say straight. Or or with a V. No. With a V, we'll put it up there. You could put you can cut a torpedo with a V, man. Can, can you cut it with a with a bullet cutter? You cannot cut it with a bullet cutter. You could cut a bullet you could oh, do with it. floor chisel, you yeah. could. Well, I get you could do it with a bullet cutter. You could do it right on the top and do it the way they recommend with the chisel, but I have never done it on an angle. The next one after the show, I'll smoke another one of these and I'll cut it on an angle just to just to do it, just to do it to see. Because I have never. <laughs> All right. So we are you. We are going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Twister. This is a twenty seven ninety nine lighter that features four jets, an easy flip top action. What I like about lighters that have the flip top action, you don't have to remember to shut them. Yeah, they shut themselves. Not like your mouth. <laughs> Shuddy. Shuddy. Uh, you deserve a bell for that. <laughs> Johnny. It does feature a flip out bullet punch. Don't make believe like that just easy happened. That happened. Flame adjustments. And it does have a window so you can see whether or not you are running out of fuel or not. <laughs> I like it's it's nice that you guys really enjoy being on the show. Uh, we love you. Let's see how well let's see how well the show goes on June sixth when I'm not here. We're gonna rock it. Okay. We're gonna rock it. My prediction is the highest rated show of the year and the most positive mailbags following the show. Yeah, because you'll write them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Every negative one comes from me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Barry, we got trademarks. People are coming out with trademarks. Yeah. Each week we share um, new trademarks that have been filed for registration, and this week's list is sponsored by TwoGuysCigars.com. And this week, Paul Stulak from Stulak Cigars files for El Nuevo Comenzeo Cigars, and I just butchered the hell out of that. Why can't you just make an easy pronouncing name? And Andre Farkas from Viaje filed for Chef's 
cut. Chef's cut. And those are the new trademarks this week in the cigar industry. Now, I heard uh, Andrew Farkas is going to finally come out with a brand that he continues to come out with, like everybody else in the world. Mm -hmm. Like putting some energy into a brand so that you have something. Yeah, from my perspective, it just seems like people aren't going as gaga over the limited stuff he's coming out with. It's too much. He still has, you know, his fanboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems like to me that it's lost a little bit. So by creating a a brand, it's a regular release. Hopefully, he'll be yeah, able to we'll create Yeah, we'll put it on the shelf, traction. and we'll see if uh, people like it. And if they do, they come back over and over and over again, and you have a brand. You have built a brand. Just a thought. I don't know. Just a thought. While you're enjoying life to its fullest, it's important to be debonair, more gentleman-like. And being more debonair and gentleman-like is Mr. Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pop up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by... Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, May 23rd, Memorial Day weekend 2015, we're going to discuss barbecue etiquette. First question here is Must I invite the neighbors? Your next-door neighbors will know you're having a barbecue cookout, and they'll have to endure the smells and sounds coming from your yard. So you'll have to ask yourself, do you want to get on their good side or at least avoid their bad side? And further, would you want to be invited to their party? No. Bottom line, no. You do not have to invite anyone you don't want to. After all, it's your party. Number two, what to wear. Again, the default answer we'd all like to see is whatever you'd like. But there are two scenarios to consider here. If you're the host, remember that what you wear sets the tone. If you're a guest, take a peek at the host's Facebook page for pics of prior parties or just ask them in advance what they recommend. Number three, is it best to bring meat, beer, or a side? All now, of them. Now, some barbecue forums, Mr. Jonathan, suggest guests should play it safe by bringing side dishes such as coleslaw, chips, guacamole, maybe a dessert. That said, no one ever is going to cry foul if you show up with a six-pack of decent beer. But here's the best answer. Ask the host if they need anything specific. Number four here, can you bring your own sauce to the barbecue party? Sure, but there's the unspoken suggestion that with a move like this, you are anticipating inferior options, and that's kind of rude. Of course, if it's a gift jar or you're recognized as a barbecue master, it could be accepted as a thoughtful or at least enthusiastic gift. Be sure if you're going to do this to bring enough for everyone or don't bring any at all. Lastly here, here's the question. Again, we're talking about barbecue etiquette on this Memorial Day weekend. Is it wrong for me to tend the grill if I see the host is preoccupied or doing it wrong? Can I flip, in other words, can I flip the burger if, it's, if he's not around? Now, here's the rule on this. Ah. Unless the meat is literally burning, do not step in to save the day. Because really, who the hell are you 
And what are you doing touching someone else's stuff? It's his grill, man. That's the gentleman's way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. But the question, guys, every single time we do this is, are you Debonair enough? Just give me the food to eat. <laughs> Barry's thinking about Maine. Speaking of the food we eat, Barry, um, we are having a big, uh, not sometime in August or something, but we're doing a big um, thing of the Camacho barrel-aged three-day event. Ooh, yes. And we need a barbecue guy. I know you grill guy. Oh. My, my goal is um, you were gracious enough to allow me to have that week off. Oh, all right. My goal, though, is to leave the Jersey Shore no later than 7 a.m., putting me in Nashua between 11.30 and 12. You don't have to come back. No, I want, I, to come, I, I want to come back. Yeah? Uh, if, if you want I don't to. want to miss out. It was so much fun last yeah, year. Yeah, um, It would be nice to do it again this year. So uh, traffic depending, I will be a grandman, uh, grill man. Okay. I have to ask you guys. Yeah. And I don't mean to go off topic, but it's a very important question. What is your favorite barbecue food? I eat back. Well, ribs. first off, I like real barbecue with coals, barbecue coals. Yeah. I don't even have one. I have a regular gas one. Gas regular, yeah. But it's so different oh. when you do a barbecue. And then at that point, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken on a barbecue is so great. None of which you'll eat, right? No, no, yeah. I won't eat any of those. I am a big fan of trying to grill something new. Last year, my brother and I brainstormed. I was eating paleo, if you guys will remember. So I made stuffed peppers, paleo style, on the grill with real charcoal. They came out unbelievable. Just made a fresh salsa, stuffed it the peppers, and uh, grilled them up. It was awesome. So I would have to say, it's very feminine. Of whatever, you. whatever I can come <laughs> up with that's new. Ask David how, how I fare no, no, he in does. the kitchen. He does. Ask him. But I can hang. How, steak tips on the barbecue. Oh, there grill. we go. Yeah. Now, did you know that? I'm having I, that for dinner tonight. Really? Steak tips on the barbecue. When Barry came up, I took him to a famous steak tip place in Massachusetts at uh, Newbridge Cafe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he came. He didn't know me well enough to say, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. But he never knew what a steak tip was. What? Yeah. I Living figured it was the stuff life. they cut off the end of the steak and they fed to the dogs. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he didn't know. I, and he's telling me, order the steak tips. I'm like, all right, I'm the new guy. I guess I'm going to have to order the steak tips, but good call, though, right? Oh, it's the most unbelievable meal I've had in the last year awesome. that wasn't cooked by Jonathan. There we go. Obviously. Of course. <laughs> okay. Oh, I so hope my girlfriend's not listening right now. <laughs> She's so, listening. The Cigar Trophy, this is Cigar Journal Magazine that's out there. If you if you never saw Cigar Journal Magazine, you really need to see it. It's very, very different than every other cigar magazine because it's not a real lifestyle magazine. It's a magazine about, of all things, cigars. And that's what it talks about. And they, I learned something from it, and I've been in the business 30 years. I learned stuff, a lot of stuff from it, every each time. and every issue that comes out. Um, They've been doing this for a long time, uh, Cigar Trophy Awards, and at the IPCPR, at the end of one of the days, they rent a room, and they actually give out the awards there because all the manufacturers are there, and they're able to do it. This is a, a company based out of Europe. They actually uh, print the magazines in the United States, but they, they're there. Everybody's there at that time, and then they give the awards out. So now that I'm a, a taster for the magazines and working directly with them, um, they um, not only invite me to go to it, but they in, invite me to uh, give me the information of what, what's going on. So I'm going to share it with all of you now. Um, 
they do much like we have done with the contenders yep. for the Cigar of the Year. They have contenders for each and every category. And they have a lot of categories, so stick with me on this. Starting now, today, May 23rd, till May 31st, and you can only get one vote per IP address. You go on there. I don't think you're going to go on there and slam it to the, the guy you know or the, the guy you like or anything. It's, it's one per IP address. But the, it, they have all these categories of best, not only best brands of each country, but best cigars of each country, best value, uh, best cigar lounge, best accessory. So we're going to go through them. And we're going to guess which one we think is what is going to win not what we choose is going to win but what we think is going to win so best brand in brazil for instance now this is a tough one i'm going to start tough right off the bat uh alonzo menendez yeah you got danaman artist line reserva yeah, danaman yeah donna floor traditional yep monte pascual and well yeah villager trobayar um Okay, do you know any of these at all? I have actually smoked everyone on that list. You have? For the Alonzo Menendez. Where have I been, man? Wow. Um, Donna Floor, I see uh, they give it good ratings and stuff. I don't know if I've ever smoked a cigar. Villager is an up-and-comer. It, it's an old, old brand, but as far as a, a handmade cigar and stuff, it's getting a lot of attention. I think that's what will win the I Villager. I so, too, is the Villager. For me, it's uh, Monte Pascal. Really? I don't even yeah. know it. So I'm going to put your name under there, uh, Barry. And I'm just going to put a check mark next to Villiger. And Chuck, you know what? Yeah, any gonna, of these? I got to go the long shot, fellas. I'm going to go with the Donna Floor Tradition. All right, that's Chuck. Best brand in Costa Rica. Uh, go ahead and say these names, Mr. Jonathan. Brunel Regold, Dignity White Gold Reserve, Royal Danish Cigars Single Blend. And Vegas, the Santiago White Label. Brundel Rhee. Um, I did smoke one of those. was very good. good. Yep. It was very good. So only because it's the only one I smoked of this yeah. is the one I have to choose. What a great show this is. We, yeah, but the people never listening smoked maybe have smoked. Maybe, yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, it should be Atabay on there, but whatever. We'll go Let's go across the board, all four of us. Okay. Oh. We're all going to take that. Best brand in Cuba. I have a lot to say here, but I'll say very little. <laughs> Aren't they all the same? You have uh, no comment? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bolivar, Cohiba, Hoyda Monterey, Monte Cristo, and Partagas. And I'm going to pick Cohiba only because the perception is that is the best. Perception is reality. Yeah, this is Dave. I have to say that it is not going to be Cohiba. I'm going to say that it is Bolivar. Really, Mr. Jonathan takes the Boulevard. I'll go Partagas just to uh, diversify. Wow. And I was literally going to go with Monte Cristo. Okay. You, you keeping track of these? I'm writing them down as well, yeah. You're not putting the president's name. You are. Uh -huh. Okay, so I'm going to stop. Okay. Um, best brand in the Dominican Republic. You have 1907 by Dunhill, Ashton VSG, Davidoff Nicaraguan, Gurkha 125th Anniversary, and Macanudo Inspiradado. Which is made just for the European market. Hmm. Right. That's why I never heard of it. Is that an orange band? Not sure. Yeah. Not sure. It's uh, obviously Davidoff Nicaragua. Well, it's funny. It's best brand in Nicaragua. I mean, best brand in the Dominican Republic is Davidoff Nicaragua. They do, everything, <laughs> they do everything in the Dominican. The fact that it's using Nicaraguan tobacco should be of no consequence. Yeah. That's, that's what I would take, too, of, of what I'm reading there anyway. 
I'm going to say they go with the brand that was made just for Europe. Yeah? Yep. Okay, Barry takes the Macanudo. I'm going to go with 1907 by Dunhill. 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 Old brand. I don't know what it's doing in Europe. It's doing nothing here in the United States. Best brand in Honduras. You have Alec Bradley Black Market, Camacho Corojo, CAO, OSA, Soul, Flora da Silva, and Rocky Patel Vintage 1990. I, they love Flora da Silva. Um, I smoked it as a sample. It was really good. Yep, they just changed their logo this week. They made it a little bit more modern while yeah. holding on to the history behind it. So I, I just know that uh, best of their, um, well, Rocky Patel Vintage. But, geez, talk about an old brand. But I'm going to go with Floyd the Silva. Dave's going Floyd the Silva. Um, we just did our Camacho training here, and I smoked that Corojo. It was very good. I have smoked Floyd the Silva before. Uh, I've smoked Alec Bradley Black Market. I, I'm, I have to go Camacho. I'm going to go with Dave. Suck up. Wow, I'm going CAO. CAO. Best brand in Nicaragua. AJ Fernandez, New World, Hoya de Nicaragua, Hoya Red, Oliva Serie V Milanio, Padron Family Reserve, and Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage. Oof. That's well, what I'm Only because it, it always wins. I think they won like four years in a row. I have to pick that. It's Perdomo Double H. I'm smoking a Perdomo product now. I stay with it. All right. I'm doubling down with Dave on that one. My apologies to Nick. I hope you win. I want you to win, but I'm going to go with Padron Family Reserve. Well, you'll see why I went where I am. Now, that is best brand. Now we're going to go to best cigar. Not just brand, but the cigar itself. Best cigar in Cuba. You have the Cohiba Bahique BHK 54. Hoyo de Monterey, Hoyo de. Dan Juan, Monte Cristo number two, Partagas Lusitanius, and Vega Rabania Famosos. And I can say I've smoked them all. <laughs> and it's Cohiba Bihike for the win. All right. Second. Uh, yeah, I second that. Well, I said Partagas earlier, so I'm going to go with the Lusitanius. All right. And Barry. And best cigar in the Dominican Republic. Best cigar. Balmoro and Yeho 18 Torpedo MK52, Davidoff Winston Churchill Toro, Dunhill Aged Reserva Especial 2009, Gurkha 125th Anniversary Rothschild, and Laboem Pitore. Now there's something. The Winston Churchill is an awesome cigar, and I would give it the win, but it's brand new. And if other people are voting on this across the world, how many people tried it? It's brand new. That's a great point. So I think the winner goes to Lubbo M. All right. Hmm. I'm uh, trying to guess. No, I'm not picking a favorite or anything. I'm trying to pick what is going to possibly win. You only have till the end of May. Well, here's what I'm looking at. Davidoff Winston Churchill, of all the four sizes, the Toro is the best one in my opinion. Agreed. And because they know that is the best one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to go with Winston Churchill Toro. Although I personally love the Labo M, and the Patori is my favorite size as well. You would think the Winston Churchill Churchill would be the best, but the Toro is the best right. one in the bunch. The Toro is the best one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Labo M. All right, I'm going to go long shot Gurkha, 125th anniversary Rothschild. You're out of your mind. Yep. Never happened. Never happened. Best cigar in Honduras. 
we have Alec Bradley Mundial, Punta Lozana number five, because Punta Lozana wasn't enough to separate yeah. it from the rest of the field. It's the number five. Camacho, Connecticut Robusto, Camacho, Ecuador Robusto, La Polina, El Diario, KB2. Kill Bill 2. Okay. Rocky Patel, The Edge Maduro Robusto, and I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go a little off the reservation on this, and I'm going to say it's the Ecuador Robusto. It is. Because I smoked that at our training, and it was and I'm a, phenomenal. And I'm a Davidoff, Connecticut, I mean a uh, Camacho, Connecticut, but the winner is going to be the Ecuador. Agreed. Okay. Four. All of us. Yeah. The, the Ecuador is going to win it. Best cigar in Nicaragua. CAO Flathead V660 Carb. My Father Le Beijou, 1922 Petite Robusto. Padron Family Reserve, number 50 Maduro. Double aged, I'm sorry, Perdomo double aged, 12 year vintage Epicure Maduro. And Rocky Patel, 15th anniversary Corona Gorda. Well. They are going to give it to Padron for the 50th anniversary. Most people are going to pick it, even though most people haven't smoked it. But now that's not the anniversary. Right. That's yeah. the regular 50th, which is very confusing. But I'll go with the confusion of the public, and I will go with the Padron Family Reserve 50. Smart play. If this was double-aged Epicure Natural... I would have picked it for Perdomo, but I have to agree with Dave on this that it ends up being Padron. Because it is the Maduro is why I am taking the Perdomo. Really? That was by far, in my opinion, the best of the 12 years and an incredible smoke. Charles? Wow. I'm going to go with uh, Dave's logic on this and, and say Padron as well. The, and I like the double-age Connecticut by far yeah. better than the, the Maduro. If he made a thousand more boxes of that Connecticut, it would have sold out in just as much time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, best value now. Best value. Dominican Republic. Dominican. We, we have uh, 1907 by Dunhill, Christoph Lajero Maduro, Gurkha Cellar Reserve, Aging Room Havau, and Vega Fina Fortaleza 2. Okay. I don't even know what the Vega Fina Fortaleza 2 is. Uh, I would normally pick the um, Aging Room Havau, which is a great price cigar in uh, a great milder cigar. It's the best thing of Aging Room. I always said it. Huh. But I'm going to go with the bet of Vega Fina, which I don't even know the cigar, but um, <coughs> they're big on it for some reason. It gets big ratings. I don't even know the cigar. I never got blinded it. I just don't know it. So, but it's going to win. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Christoph Lajero Maduro. Yeah, I'm going to go Vega Fina Fortaleza, number two. Wow. You, have you ever smoked it? No, I haven't, but I just see some social media yeah, play on there's it. there's a lot of play on it. I'm saying aging room. Chuck is going aging room. I hope it is aging room. It should be aging room, but I, I, again, I, I, it sh I can't say it should be because I don't know the Vega Fina. Uh, best value in Honduras. Alec Bradley Black Market, Camacho Corojo, Flor de Silva, Rocky Patel The Edge, and CLE Corojo. CLE is no cheap date. Flor de Silva is what I pick. Dave picks Flor de Silva. Um, That's a low price cigar, right? Yep. They have uh, a couple of lines, but yeah. they have a value one. Because Camacho is not all that value. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's under $10, but it's right up there. I think they're going to say Alec Bradley Black Market. Really? 
Charles? Yeah. Dave, I was going to say Camacho, but Dave's the authority, and he doesn't think it's... Maybe it's different price in Europe or something. Maybe. Oh, I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Camacho. I'll be the long shot again. I like these odds. I'm going to take the edge. The edge is a good value. It is a good value. Best value in Nicaragua. All right. This is Brickhouse. Paradiso, U.S. San Cristobal. Perdomo, 20th anniversary. Hoya de Nicaragua, Hoya Red. Oliva, Siri V. That any, one doesn't any make other any sense. Any other Perdomo would have won it. The 20th anniversary is their higher end right. of mm. it. So Brickhouse wins it. Yeah. Yeah. Brickhouse. Yeah. It's Brickhouse. All the way across, huh? Uh, now, best accessory. Best accessory. Uh, Bovida Humidity Control, Daniel Marshall, 1962 Whiskey Stave Humidor, Davidoff Dome Humidor, Stinky Ashtray, Zycar XI3 Phantom. Now, you can't give the Stinky Ashtray the best accessory. Right. It's, a bowl, <laughs> it's a bowl with a little bent coin on top. You know, it, 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 listen, it, they sell lots of them, and congratulations to it, but it can't be the best of anything. Um, they really tout this um, Daniel Marshall yeah. big time. It's it's written about all the time. It's it's on their front of their website. Um, I don't even know what it is. Um, I see the I see the name whiskey, and that's a big niche right now. That's a big niche. I got to go with Daniel Marshall. I'm going to agree with Dave. All right, Chuck. Char I, I, uh, if Gary? I could, if I could do a write-in, I'd put in Lotus. But. I don't think most people have the means to spend that much money on either one of those humidors. I'm going to go with Stinky Ashtray. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It, the best accessory this uh, year is a bowl <laughs> with the thing on the top of it. I uh, mean, it's one of the three affordable things on there that I think it's going to be. Ashtray. Well, best Listen, accessory. I, I own one. It's Davidoff Dome Humidor all the way. Best accessory. Nobody does humidors better than Davidoff. Period. They invented it. They invented the desktop humidor. Wow. And the last... The last but not least is the best cigar lounge, and maybe some of you went to any of these. All right, best cigar lounge. PGC Hyentius Amsterdam. Blend Bar Cigar Indianapolis. Bulgari Hotel Cigar Lounge in London. 1A St. James Street in London. And Zigarin Herzog Am Hafen in Berlin. USA. Yeah. USA, USA. All right, so you're no. going into Indianapolis? No, I'm not picking it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know it. I don't know any of them. Um, you got London on there twice. I'm going to go Bulgari Hotel because it was the first on the list. You know, I'm going to go with USA. I love it. I'm going to go Bulgari because our friend from Regis was talking about really. Bulgari. So instead, it was nice. Yes, yeah, so that's why I'm going Bulgari. All right, all right. I'm going to go. You uh, realize that you're picking the same one as I am. Yes. Okay. I got PGC, Hajnas Amsterdam. Chuck. He's picking an Amsterdam place with an Indian accent. What do you say? <laughs> Whichever lounge wins, we do the show live from there. There we go. Um, and I pray it'll be Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the amount of money it'll end up taking. Well, and you're, assuming, you're assuming that London would have us. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think they would. Hey, London's calling. London's calling. Okay. <laughs> That music means it's time to go to break. Guess who's coming on the Cigar Authority? We're going to look through our calendar and see what the uh, world of Old Fat Freddy has been thinking. What is he thinking? Uh -oh. And uh, 
We'll actually see it too. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you read your own copy. There we go. We're live from Two Guys Spoke Shop in Salem, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Savor this moment the sparks of conversation. The anticipation of that first draw. Savor the story shared over a cigar like this. A cigar that makes this moment classic. Diablo Classic. Savor a composition of handcrafted Dominican leaf, graced with notes of 25 year old tobacco. Richly complex, yet remarkably smooth. Savor a harmony of creamy, balanced flavors. A duet of two cigar virtuosos, jazz and cigar legend Avo Uvesian and master blender Hendrik Kellner. A cigar meant to be shared with friends old and new. The Avo Classic. Savor every note. Visit your local tobacconist or see the complete Avo line at avo.com. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. Uh, what does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid, a dwarf, uh, a little person. No. She's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine cigars. Simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine. Stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as, Hey you, he is David Garofalo. 
the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium and handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. I'll sign up today. Hi, this is Nick Perdomo. Hi, this is Nicholas Perdomo Jr. From Perdomo Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. Cigar news, good and bad with Bad News Barry, Good News Mr. Jonathan. Also, the answers to last week's questions of the week and the new ones coming out. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Bad News Barry, what do you got for cigar news? Well, this was a bad week for Massachusetts and uh, right across the border from yes. Salem here. Uh, in Methuen, you now need to be 21 to purchase tobacco products. But that wasn't the only city to raise their age this week. It was also Amherst, Danvers, Kingston, and Nantucket. Let, let me quickly um, jump on this Methuen, Massachusetts one. I don't know, even know if I can say it, but <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. I had the chief of police in. He met with the mayor yesterday. And the mayor, he, never, he didn't know it. And uh, obviously, he's not paying attention to the Cigar Authority. So that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. But um, <laughs> the mayor met with him and told him, you got to get two of the policemen to go do the sting operations in the stores to make sure they're not selling a pack of cigarettes to a 20-year-old man. Wow. And he said, we have an epidemic of heroin. We have eight people a week dying with needles in their arm. And you want me to take two people off and on to seeing if a 20-year-old guy buys a pack of cigarettes. Jeez. I won't do it. Good. Nice. Awesome. Amen. Ridiculous. About time somebody said something. Seriously. Also in Massachusetts, four bills were introduced in the state Senate this week. The first one looks to move e-cigarettes into the definition of tobacco. Another directs the Department of Public Health to restrict the marketing and labeling of other tobacco products, which is cigars. And Senate Bill 1453 looks to increase the taxes on cigars to an additional 80% of wholesale. Oh, my God. And lastly, a state measure was introduced to raise the tobacco purchase age to 21. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is looking to ban smoking in parks. And the measure moves before the city council after passing a parks commission meeting. The original measure called for jail time 
if you were caught smoking in parks. The final measure to pass had that removed from the proposal. Hey, buddy, what are you in for? Yeah, I, I raped somebody and I killed somebody. What'd you do? I smoked a cigarette out in the, in the park. He caught me. Santa Clara County in California saw a proposal to raise the tobacco age to 21. And also in California, this time in Sonoma, saw a measure that would prohibit new tobacco t shops from opening to sell tobacco as well as require a $246 license for those already in business. The measure passed its first reading with a second reading in June that would become law if passed. In the city of Eugene, Oregon, the city council is set to discuss a potential smoking ban on the downtown sidewalks as well as park blocks and Broadway Plaza. Here they come, walking down the street. Can't even walk down the street now. And lastly, Middletown, Rhode Island, saw the city council this week announce a public hearing on a proposal that will ban smoking in all public beaches, parks, and recreation spaces. That vote is set to take place in the coming weeks. Tell me something good, Mr. J. All right. Something. <clears throat> Score of victory for... Uh, this just in, Mr. Jonathan kills gentleman Chuck Morrison <laughs> for messing around and calling him Johnny. Uh, score a victory for smokers as the Lafayette City Parish Council voted 5-4 to four against a proposal that would have banned smoking in bars and unincorporated areas of the parish. Opponents of the ban sided in favor of business, saying that the decision should be left up to the bar owners and not the government. Correct. Nice. A group of bar owners and their attorney will argue before a state court that the ban on smoking in bars is a violation of the Indiana Constitution's equal privileges classes. The reason behind the challenge is that smoking is legal in inside off-track betting parlors, which received an exemption from the ban. The argument states that the exemption under Article 1, Section 23 of the smoking ban economically hurts the bars. There is a precedence as Evansville overturned a ban on a similar measure last year. Here we go. So we got some good news happening out there. Some people overturn them, overturn them, play some defense. Uh, while we're playing defense, uh, last week we had a question, Barry Stein. Yeah, we asked, uh, now that the weather's turning warmer, where is your favorite place to smoke? Almost 47% of you voted for backyard. Oh, I was going to say the car was number one. It wasn't on there. You had to actually write it in. That's number right. two was the cigar lounge. And written in, number three was the car at 12%. There we go. And there were some people who wrote, like, one of the options was backyard. Yeah. And some people wrote in my deck. Same thing. That's yeah. the same thing yeah. as the backyard. Yeah. So with, overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly yeah. the backyard. And this week, we asked the question, on this holiday weekend, when you get invited to friends and family for a barbecue, do you bring cigars for other people to smoke? Of course. Of course. Obviously. It's a debonair thing to do. There's three options, and we left the write-in vote, which Rudy asked us to leave for the future. So the options are, yes, I share all my cigars. No, they should bring their own. Or three, yes, but I offer them the dog rockets, keeping the good ones for myself. Well, well you have to know who you're giving it to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not you, gonna... do, you, do you bring a box and just open it up? And I, I do. That's how I, I, I do it. I, that's how I roll. <laughs> Invite me to your barbecue. It ain't bad. I did that at how, a how many hot dogs can I possibly eat? <laughs> <laughs> Do the math. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's uh, for next week. It's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars.
They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. Asylum cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80. That's right, that's Asylum. A recent study proves that the dentist, flossing, brushing, and fluoride treatments are in fact not the best way to stem off tooth decay. The study suggests that something moist and even a bit slimy will do the trick. If you stop discarding what you pick from your nasal cavity and actually eat it, your own mucus can protect you, can protect your teeth from the bacteria that causes tooth decay. It's insane, but it's not bad. That's oh asylum. They're coming to take me away. So that, so that kid in third grade that used to eat it, he's got nice teeth, huh? He's got nice teeth. <laughs> Oh, it's not bad, huh? It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You should save that one for Tweet of the Week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did we do Tweets of the Week? We have not done Tweets of the Week. Let's do them because I don't even see them. Uh... They're on there, right underneath. Oh, all right, all right. So let me quickly go through our calendar. And um, next week, uh, May 30th, Jack Taranio from Roberto P. Duran Cigars will be joining us. Um, his, uh, the new company he works for is getting a lot of attention, Roberto Duran Cigars. We're going to find out about them and what is coming in the near future. June 6th, monumental show. You want to tune in and you want to tell your neighbors and everything to tune in because Mr. Jonathan will not be here. It's an ratings are already of up. itself. <laughs> Barry, we got to kill it. We got to come up with something, Definitely. something good. good I don't know. I that. can drive back and forth from Maine to be here for the show. But he can't drive to Vermont after the show. Yeah, well, that's the way he rolls. Slowly. Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. Um, June 13th, um, we're going to tape the show on the 11th, on Thursday the 11th. If you want to tune in Thursday night the 11th, we'll tape the show because we're going to have Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars joining us. So uh, he's going to be up here. We're going to take the opportunity that he's here to get him on the show face-to-face. Uh, June 20th, Nesta Miranda from Miami Cigars will be joining us along with his daughter Tatiana and son-in-law Jason Woods for the Father's Day show. That's June 20th. June 27th, Chuck is off, but we're going to have a United Cigar show and a call-in, hopefully. We're going to have our fingers crossed uh, from Nelson Alfonso from Spain calling into us, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens there. The July 4th show will also be taped on July 3rd, 5 to 7 o'clock, and we're going to have a little barbecue, oh. a little little shake and bake. Are bringing Tommy Grella back? What's going on with Maybe the Maybe we're going to have you up there making that mushroom thing filled up with cilantro <laughs> or whatever Spinach. ridiculous thing. <laughs> and June 11th, it's the show before the show. What's coming for the IPCPR? July gonna, 11th. July 11th, yeah. We're going to uh, give all that information of what's coming on in advance of the show. Barry's 
got his ear to the grindstone and going to find out all this stuff in advance of what it's going to be. we got lots of stuff coming up, coming up in the future with the folks from Diamond Crown, Camacho, uh, two guys' anniversary party, uh, and it's going to be a uh, wonderful huge. lineup that we have, huge, have coming up. Huge, huge. Okay, right now it's time for the Tweets of the Week. It's time for the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars and My Big Mouth, the cigar that was built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a Recluse Cigar today. I'm just going to embrace the fact that I stumble over these because you make me nervous. And this is the best tweet I saw all week. I'm going to say it this time. Yeah. All right. There are poets that know that some poems would blow as they rhyme most of the time but sometimes they don't. <laughs> I try Taco Bell's breakfast, but I don't drink that early in the morning. I just replaced the can of air freshener in the bathroom with an air horn, and now we wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The exercise I like most is a cross between lunch and a crunch. It's called lunch. And the best tweet I saw all week a drunk walks into a bar with jumper cables around his neck. And the bartender told him he could stay as long as he didn't try to start anything. <laughs> Not, bad. Not bad. Today's social media segment was brought to you by Recluse Cigars Rolled N2 Bar, the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw every time. See, you did a little homework there. You got it ready. You got it together. You acted like your kid. You acted like your kid. <laughs> Not like old thought Freddy. He seems not to care. He just lets it go. Let's hear from Old Five Freddy. It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fart Freddy. Nowadays, people cut down their trees with little to no thought about the time of day. In my day, we did our tree cutting in the morning so there was less sap in the trunk and the wood would season faster. Nowadays, people are using social media to locate their lost pets. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all they have at their disposal. In my day, every town had a pet private eye that would sift through clues and find your lost pet for you. Nowadays, buildings have occupancy restrictions due to fire codes. In my day, there were no fire codes and you could throw a very large ball with as many people as you could physically fit in the building. It was awesome. We were early rising lumberjacks with morning wood, pet dicks, and very large balls. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco, try aging room cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged, some are not. What's better than the smell of freshly cut morning wood? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is better than freshly cut wood. So we smoked on the first hour the Romeo and Juliet Panatella. Did you notice that uh, Aging Room made a was a Romeo and Juliet, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, they made a a small batch or limited edition for Romeo and Juliet blended by Raphael Nodal of Aging Room. Have you tried it? No, I have not. I have not either. Heard of it? But. Yeah, I've heard of it. He's out there. Whatever. I wonder why. I asked the question, why? So what do we think of the cigar? Garofalo. A plus. This is a cigar that more people should be aware of. Yeah. More people should smoke. It is a classic Connecticut with sweetness, flavor, slow burning, 
thin combustion line, phenomenal cigar. This is all bot kissing right here. Mr. Jonathan? Yeah. I, I, it's very good. I hate to say it. I hate to admit it. It's, it's very good. Listen, you know what? The, I'm only gonna, th the only thing I have to do with it is my name yeah, is I'm going to hang my hat Nick, on the fact you that killed Nick it. made it. You killed and it. So it is, it is phenomenal. You Nick, you do it. a great job. I'm proud name. to have my name on it. Thank you, Nick. Uh, and that's it. So next week, we're back at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire with Jack Taranio live Tarano. in studio. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we'll sing a song for him. Uh, from Roberto P. Duran Cigars and Miguel Sodell. Excuse me. Who wrote that Ten Commandments of Cigars? Go ahead, finish this up. Uh, we're gonna go. We do go over it every year. Uh, it certainly stirs up controversy. And uh, next week, we're gonna bring in the author and go over it with him. For David Garofalo, for Barry Stein, for Chuck Morrison, I am Mr. Jonathan, and you have been listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And you know what? If you've learned nothing else while you're smoking your Garofalo torpedo, always remember two things. Keep the lid end out of your mouth and keep the end that goes in your mouth out of the ashtray. We'll be back next week right here on the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Happy See you next time. Happy birthday, Thank David. you. Happy birthday, David. Take a trip into another world. CAO Columbia. The newest addition to CAO's World Blends is a delicious addition to the CAO collection. It's the first cigar to prominently feature Colombian tobacco and is a mild to medium-bodied blend boasting notes of toasted nuts sprinkled with briny nuances. Using a tobacco from the isolated mountainous region of Colombia, the Aikumazinga tobacco is a unique and rare find that provides a smoking experience won't forget. For a savory smoke that takes you to another world, visit CAO Columbia. Yeah, you want to know what Lenny Clark has to say about Two Guys Smoke Shop? Two guys, the Two Guys Smoke Shops guys are the nicest guys. And I'll tell you, sometimes you go into a cigar store, you really don't know what you're looking for. It's very intimidating. And a lot of times people have a tendency to be arrogant with you, like they know it all. Not the guys, you know what, the guys up at the Two Guys Smoke Shop, if you're a first-time smoker or you're looking for a great, go in and see them. They'll put you at ease. They'll make you feel at home. They'll get you the best cigar you can can get for the best deal you can't beat it and then whenever i'm in new hampshire again if i'm in high speed police chase or something i'll stop in and have a smoke with those two guys why thank you lenny clark As a